0: Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with me, like always, Rick Van Dyvendike Good morning, Rick. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are good. you? I'm doing awesome. <laughs> I guess uh, Jill would normally be with us, but she is having a good time down in Nashville.
1: Nashville, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And when you're having a good time, yep. yeah, you don't want to get up so early to do a garden
1: show. So her we'll five her a break. of her girlfriends all took off and having some fun.
0: That's an incredible place. If you've never been to Nashville, I've never been, you know, it's, it's a really, really exciting place to go. Yeah. It's kind of like Vegas, but, but, but I should say only in the way that, you know, there's kind of one big long strip with a bunch of uh, restaurants and bars and all kinds of stuff to yep. go to. It's got such a unique flavor because it's music city, right? That's yep. it's where all and the that's country been, comes that's, from. That's
1: what they've been doing. They've been going to a whole bunch of different venues and that kind of stuff. So, yep.
0: You know, uh, the predators play, the, the, the rink is right downtown as well. If you yep. go see a game, the, you know it's oh it's it's a pretty cool place really historic as well uh we went to the country music hall of fame when i was there and uh went to this studio tour of rca studio b where like uh, a bunch of country artists plus the everly brothers and elvis recorded all of their stuff and it was incredible to see that like you know it's the same place basically that they all did that so if you're (laughs) if you're into the history of music uh yeah the you know Everything is there. The old Ryman Theater, the you know, everything. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So anyways, hope Jill's having a great time. Oh yeah. Uh, if you if you ever get a chance. Yes. No worries. She's having a good time. That's yeah. right. But thanks for joining us. Uh one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five is the way to join the conversation. We'll talk about uh texts and calls, we'll take your calls. That's the same way to get in <laughs> on both of those uh those venues. Uh we've already got some texts that are rolled in, but I yep. want to ask you first, so what's new at the Garden Center?
1: Well, things are starting to, you know, move around. We moved the perennials all outside to harden them all off. So mm. for winter times, because people are still planting, right? So that's right. Yeah. So we move them all outside to get them nice and hardened off. So they're ready to go for winter time and even, even planting late. So, um, so that
0: means that you can buy a perennial from the store, put it into the ground and it'll actually make it. Oh, yeah. it
1: make it. That's why we harden. That's why we move them outside for just to harden them off. Yeah. So they're not in a, you know, not in a greenhouse where it's still warm during the day. Right, yeah. I mean, also, yeah, we harden them off, and so, that, yeah, we can plant. because still lots of planting time left. I mean, mm-hmm. the garden center is still full of sh- trees and shrubs, and so it's um in Saskatoon, so it's, it's yeah, it's still planting time, not a problem. And um, I planted, right? My latest time I've ever planted, Jay, was November 20th. <laughs> and and that, thing, that was the latest. And it survived? Most of the time, it's around November the 10th. Oh yeah, not not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah, just as long as you can water them in and you're fine, right? But uh, that was the latest time. It was a condo project, and we had to get get it finally, you know, done over so that the because the, uh, the developer wanted to hand it over to the to the condo association, so he wanted it done, right? He didn't want to wait till till May to to finish it off, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, so it's uh, yeah, we get lots of that kind of stuff. we that's cool. But November 10th is average. Uh, sometimes. It's I mean, it's been one time it was like September 20th, you know, so it all depends, right? That's right. But on average, it's around November the 10th. You can still plant to. And, um, and that way you can't. Usually there's frost in the ground in the morning, but by afternoon the frost is gone again.
0: You know, so don't <laughs> don't be afraid. I guess is the is the thing nope. to, to, to plant something.
1: Still well, so time you can plant some grass seed in the ground yet. You can still wow. do that, and uh, we got, we're talking about some warm weather. Oh yeah, this there's next thir-
0: week. thirty degrees in the, in yep. the forecast coming yep. up for this week. So that's that's lots yep. of heat to get things going and growing.
1: And, and also don't forget we're coming up to September first, so that's when I tell people you can do your your last lawn fertilizing. Right, mm-hmm. so uh, you want to do that and get your lawn all set up and use a fall fertilizer for it. You don't want to use a, a 30 nitrogen or anything like that, or a 30, you know, you don't want to use a high nitrogen anymore. Right, right. So use more of a fall fertilizer or the groundskeeper, which is only a 16, right? And use the phosphorus one with only the second number is 10, just to get all the roots established and everything else, but, um, and also some potassium, which helps harden off the grass as well.
0: I did my last fertilizing a couple of weeks ago with yep. the ground keeper. Yep. And, and I'm going to call that the last one because yep. I no, think you, last you, is, year I, I overdid it. No, no. Didn't and, work. and then the grass was really green when the snow yep. fell. Yep. And the problem was it took a beating yep. from Snow mold and just the temperatures and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. No, so you I actually get, wanted to set, to settle down. right? That's
1: why I'm saying around the first two weeks of September. Yeah. If you're going to fertilize between now and the first two weeks of September, that's when you want to fertilize, and then then after that, you want to slow down the watering. Right. I know, Jay, you like, you know, you like watering a lot, to so <laughs> keeping your lawn nice and green. Slow to the water because you got to remember the roots and the trees are even in there. But right now, honestly, you still need to water those trees. We're still in a drought time. Yes, we and, are. And, uh, we were talking, uh, there was Dutch elm disease that we've, that was in a row of trees, uh, elm trees right across the street from the garden center. They found it. Okay. Oh, no. And so they're cutting down 30 trees right now. Uh, along Central Avenue in Saskatoon. Oh. and But if you drive down anywhere, you'll see all the boulevard trees and even the trees out here. Uh, you can even see some elk, some ash trees. The, the leaves are all off already. So yeah, they're already starting. They're already starting. These other ash are all loo- turning color already because they're... they're they're stressed, right?
0: It's not because we're actually into fall time yet, yep. right? They're stressed. They're stressed. They're stressed. Because of the water. So if you're starting yep. to see leaves turn, it's the, so, it's the lack so of water. So if
1: you have, if you live in part of the town or city, you know, right across Saskatchewan and you start seeing some of the tips of the trees all, all drying out, you know, no leaves on them, that's because your trees are stressed. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So you need to give them a good deep watering at least once a month, even if it's out in the boulevard. Okay. Even if you got a center meridian, you got some old trees in there. Pull the hose across you know when there's less traffic, and give them a deep watering that 's the only way they're going to survive and with these elm with the elm trees what 's going to attract the elm beetle, which brings does elm disease, yes. or other insects like poplars if you've got poplars, what attracts the poplar boar, everything else is a stressed tree atta- attracts insects, they let out a pheromone in the trees and attracts them it 's part of nature it 's the way the, the insects move in and they, they use the stressed tree to be able to make a home in. Right. right. So, and, uh, and so they, they killed the rest of the tree for sure. Right. And so you want to make sure that you keep your trees healthy. And even if you live backing onto a park and there's some trees in the park behind you, right. Well, there's nothing wrong with sticking underneath the fence, a piece of hose, right. And and go out there and water some of the trees. Yeah. Because they belong, they belong to the city, right. They belong to the public. But they they're there for you.
0: <laughs> well, and and the city or the municipality will never be angry because you help their trees. To and, help the trees, right? Right. And if you want those there, like on that boulevard or that park behind you, yeah. you know, yeah. The, the should should the city water stuff? It'd be great if they did. But there's, uh, I don't know. How many trees are in Saskatoon yeah. or Regina Huge. alone, Huge. right? Huge. Millions, right? And no, so and then, normally, you know. if
1: we have a, an average year, you have a lot of rain. So it goes on the street and it sinks in underneath the street and, you know, every, you know, into the grasses in between and everything else. I mean, you can't water the whole drip line of a tree because part of it's underneath the, the, con- the concrete or asphalt or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But water as much as you can. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm just mm-hmm. saying is that we need to help the trees, even small town Saskatchewan. You got all these big trees, you know, that are around and um, you see them stressed. You, they need water well
0: and you know what uh, our our ancestors our forefathers put all this hard work making building up these places yep. small towns cities that we have in our province making them look nice with these trees yep. so let's uh, honor the work they did and keep them going
1: and then on top of that we've got to remember we need to keep planting trees you know, yeah, because yeah. we will get Dutch elm disease coming through. We will have the emerald ash borer coming through, which will take out all the ashes in Saskatchewan when it gets here. It's as far as Winnipeg right now. It, in Ontario, in, in eastern United States, the ash are gone. Okay. They're, yeah. they're, they're brutal. They're worse than Dutch elm disease, the, mm-hmm. the emerald ash borer. And so, um, so you got to remember plant, Don't monoculture, which means don't plant all the same plants. Like, don't put three of one type of tree in your backyard, unless you're building a, a hedge or something like that, right? Right. But other than that, plant different varieties so that if something does happen, you have something else. But if you have a, if you have some big elm trees or ash trees in your yard, plant another tree around so that you know in 10 years 15 20 years time from now that tree is a good size when the other ones have to come down All right.
0: let's go to our phone lines one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 thanks for waiting uh in snowden peggy is joining us right now good morning peggy good morning i have a question about
2: my cacti yep. i've got they're drooping i've got a thanks two thanksgiving and one christmas and it's not that they need water cuz i lift the pots up and they feel okay yep. but they're just drooping okay. like there's, but they've been on the same table on the on the, in my house, kind of on the south side for the past year.
1: Yeah, they, they might need some new so, some more soil, some new soil. Okay? okay, that's one thing it could be. So okay. you probably have it in the same pot for a lot of years, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you may want to go just a tiny little bit so, a bigger pot, but not much. Okay. Okay. Because you don't. If you put them in too big of a pot, they won't do well at all. Okay. Okay. So, and this gets some new cactus type of soil. Okay. Uh-huh. And then put them in, don't use regular potting soil. Anything else is too too wet, okay? Use okay. a cac- cactus soil so it has more pear light and more drainage in it, okay? okay. And, uh, and then put it in their pot. But also, uh, when you pull out of the pot, then you'll be able to see what the moisture's like, okay? Because they don't want to be too wet, but you know, a lot of times you, you can feel like in your cactus, right? You yeah. can, you can, you have, is it a Christmas cactus or what is it? It's a Christmas yeah. cactus. So you know, when yeah. you feel them, they should feel plump, right? Right, and if they feel wrinkly and dry, then they're not sucking water up. Okay, okay.
0: But I guess that's cool because they have their own built-in sort of let yep. you know system, right?
1: And when's the last time you fertilized them?
3: Oh, probably a month or more.
1: Yeah, so that's not bad. Okay, cactuses probably once a month is what they need. So you're using mm-hmm. a cactus type of fertilizer rate. Right?
2: Uh, no, nope. I'm just using
1: a regular yeah. fertilizer. Get a cactus-type fertilizer because it has different types of nutrients in it for the cactus, okay? Okay. And get a cactus-type fertilizer because you might be two things. You might need to go in just one size bigger pot, okay? And the mm-hmm. best thing to use if you can is a clay pot, okay? Because, oh, okay. Because it breathes, right? Oh, okay. Right, it breathes. A plastic pot doesn't breathe unless it has lots of holes in the bottom, almost like an orchid pot. Okay, and okay. Uh, and then, but just one size bigger, which might mean only one or two inches bigger than what you have. Okay, in width, uh-huh. and then put okay. give it some cactus uh, soil, and then it should perk up for you. Okay, and then put Whatever it in the same put- spot, but put it back in the same spot. Okay, okay. if you can.
2: Okay. One other quick question: Is it okay to dig up my peony and move it at this time?
1: Just a little bit early. Wait till this heat goes by this next week. Okay. Okay. Even even if you get even if you get one couple of cool nights, like when it goes down to like three to five degrees at night, right? That's better for it. Okay. Okay. But but right now we're going to go into a time when we're got this gonna this next week is going to be in most parts of Saskatchewan. You know, twenty five to thirty degrees. Okay. Right. Right. Wait till that goes away.
0: Okay. Okay, so we're going to go to the phone lines right now. This is a good question Marie's got for us about what to do with all those those bulbs out there. Hi there, Marie. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm fine. Thank you.
0: Very Great. good. So what's your question?
2: Brilliant, brilliant
0: show. Oh, thanks. Thank you.
2: Anyhow, I've put out my amaryllis bulbs out for the summer out in the garden. Yep. And They're doing really well. Now what do I do with them?
1: Just <laughs> leave them out there yet. It's too early. Don't bring them in yet. Let them have some, let them have some let them have some cool nights, not freezing, but cool nights. Okay.
2: Okay. So what do I do? Do I dig them up and let them dry
1: out then, or what? But once once we get some cool nights on them first, but you got a couple weeks yet. Okay. But
2: that's before frost, right?
1: Before frost. Okay. You can let them get close to frost. Okay, because the bulbs will be protected. They're, they're you plant them in the ground. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. So they're, 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 they're protecting the ground. So even if you get just a hint of frost, that's fine because the top will die down, right? But the ball okay. will be protected, right? And then okay. that will that will trigger that bulb to bloom for Christmas for you. So then, because okay. if you bring it out too quick, then, then there's still, the leaves are still green on them, right, right now? Right,
4: yeah, yeah no, so,
2: they're very, very green, yeah. yeah.
1: So I want them just to get ready for wintertime, and then what I'm going to do is dig them up, and I'm going to dry them out, and then I'm going to put them in storage, okay? And then around oh, about the first week of October or so, then I'm going to pot them back up again. And then get them ready to go for for Christmas time.
0: Now let's talk about storage for for Marie. So what's yep. the proper way to store? them? Store
1: them, just dry them out first, and then you can just put them into a, a spot. Uh, you can put them into some like almost dry peat moss or sawdust. Right. Just a just a hint of moisture to them, but very very little. Okay, just so right. that just so that they don't dry right out. Okay, right. And then just put them in a dry place, and then like I said, about the first week of October, then you can pot them back up again. And so you're only you're only about a about two to three weeks, right? That you're going to store them for, right,
2: right, right,
1: and then you're going to pot them back up again and get them ready for Christmas time.
2: Yeah, well, this so luscious looking now and stuff. I hate to do anything with them.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's, it, you don't want to do nothing because if you want to trigger them to grow to flower for you, they need that time, like the like almost like a time where they're cooling down, right, where they're okay. And so you just don't be in a hurry. So enjoy you, them. Enjoy them okay. until the frost, the light frost comes yeah. and knocks the tops off. Yeah, just okay. okay? Okay, thank just, you so much. Just don't let the bulbs freeze, that's all. No, okay.
0: <laughs> okay? okay, all right. Yeah. Thanks, Marie. Take care. bye bye One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 We've got some time for one more call here. Let's run out to Tisdale right now to talk to Diane about some potatoes. Hi, Diane.
2: Hi. Good morning. Um, good morning. My potatoes, I, I grow a wonderful garden, yep. But but my potatoes, when you cook them, always get mushy. And I'm, and it doesn't matter what variety I plant, they're they're all the same, unless you get them when they're just brand new and very small. They always mush when you cook, and so you can only use them for like mashed potatoes. And I'm just wondering if it's a deficiency in my soil yeah, that's, that's causing this.
1: Have you, one thing you should always check is check your soil and check what your pH of your soil is. Okay. That's huge. Uh-huh. Because we, we we sell actually a specialized fertilizer for potatoes now. And it has mostly sulfur in it. Okay. Cause, because okay. ni- uh, potatoes can fix their own nitrogen. Okay. There's nitrogen there. They can fix it and grab it a lot. But it's, it's having the pH right so that the plant can take up the other nutrients. Okay. And uh, and one thing to remember is that uh, is that you can put compost and that kind of stuff in, but not too much compost in in um, in in a potato patch, because otherwise you'll get things like you know you'll get, f- uh, fungals and that kind of stuff that will that will, and 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 scab and those kind of things in potatoes. Okay, they don't okay. like they don't like a ton of compost. A little bit of compost is fine. Just to put all that organic material into the soil, but not very much. But the rest of the garden is fine, right? So it's just potatoes just potatoes it's don't like just,
2: that. it's just well and I mean I always rotate them. Yep. And very um, very important. Yes. But
1: you say it doesn't matter what variety you have, right?
2: No, no. I have tried numerous yeah. numerous varieties and they're all like I said, once they get a little bit older.
1: They just mush when you cook. They mush. So, and so watch your watering. Okay. So you want to slow down your watering once they once they've started you starting to to harden them off, right? And then make uh, make sure uh, how are you storing them.
2: In uh, in a, in a cold, cold. In a cold? Are, but, are they
1: are they mush coming right out of the garden when they're older? Yes. Yeah. Okay, they're mush coming yeah. right out of the garden. Yeah, so yeah. then we need to watch yeah. for if it, if it's every single variety, we need to watch. We need to put some more uh, of those of the micronutrients into your soil. Okay, so use an organic fertilizer that has boron, magnesium, zinc, those kind of things in it. Okay, that's okay. what you need to do. Is you need to build up your your resistance and your 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 basically your immunity of your plant. And okay. then, and then what you want to do is, yeah, just make sure you, you don't, if, if you can find one variety that does better, then that's even better. But, um, do a pH test to your soil. That's the big one. Okay? okay. And you can do that right at home. Just make sure you use distilled water when you do the test. The gar- garden centers, uh, have little test kits and, yeah. and you can test the at home, but use distilled water and then figure okay. out what the pH and you need to drop that pH. So most time you need to add sulfur. Okay.
2: Okay. 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 All right. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome.
0: Best of luck, Dan. Take care. Oh,
2: okay. Thank you.
0: We were just talking about the 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 real situation with yep, the, forest fires. the forest fires in uh, in BC. It's it's really terrifying. It really is. Yep. Uh, in fact, you Rick have family your kids uh that have some properties they
1: watched they watched right across the lake from them they watched houses just burn to nothing like yeah just and these were big houses
0: yeah these are multi-million dollar houses they're gone
1: like they're 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 up there yeah they could see they could see the fires and they could see them boom and then they got evacuated because the fire jumped the lake and that lake is wide there yeah and it jumped the lake and then they, they were evacuated so yeah it's um um, yeah, it was a little bit easier to fight the fires in the area where they were in their subdivision because firefighters have fire hydrants where they don't have them <laughs> across the lake. That's right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, still, it's the, the my son we were talking about. My son is like how far? Twenty miles away, at least, in the north, in the sort of the southeast part of Kelowna,
0: from where the fire is. From where the
1: fire is, you know. And he had an ash uh, piece of bark or whatever it was, almost the size of his hand, land in his yard.
0: And it's if like, it's on fire it and lands so in your fire, yard, that's the, how the fire spreads. On, on
1: your roof or whatever, right. Right? Yeah. In, yeah. In, a tree, in a spruce tree or whatever, and that's how the fire spreads. Yeah, that's, no, that's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Yep. So, uh
0: yeah, uh thoughts and prayers to everybody was yes. over there and yep. all the yep. people of property. over there. were safe. They, they
1: were, my daughter's place was evacuated and uh, they're still evacuated right now. Yeah, so it's, it's
0: something something crazy. So yep. we're going to see smoke here, which is really nothing compared to what's going on over there. So yep. I guess we can deal with that, right? Yep. Okay, we're going to go to a call here in Saskatoon, one of our regulars, and Paul is here to join us, talk about some delicious apples. Hi there, Paul. Hey, Paul.
5: Hey, morning, you guys. Morning. Um, yeah, Rick, I got this. Um, well, we were talking about my red delicious apple tree. That's
1: amazing. That still blows me away that you can actually grow that here. They're not very hardy here.
5: <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, I'm that's in a awesome. nice spot. It's it's in a nice spot, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, a little microclimate spot. Yep.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, what I've got going here right now is um, they're about the half the size of like a big apple in the store. Yep. And um, I'm just wondering, like one has fallen off, and I'm just wondering, should I leave them on the tree during this? Is going to be so hot this week? Is that gonna is that going to harm my apples? Or
1: it it could make because if they're if they're overripe, then it'll just make them mushy. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are they are
5: they red now already? They turned red. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just had one. It's nice and crisp and sweet. No,
1: I'd, I'd I'd pick them. Yeah, because they'll they'll keep right. You put them in the fridge. The red delicious will keep for quite a while in the fridge, right?
5: Well, so. no, they won't because my son takes them <laughs> and makes applesauce and cider out of
0: them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe you need a lock on your fridge, there, Paul. <laughs> yeah.
1: But but they'll keep in in otherwise they'll they'll keep healthy in the fridge. <laughs> they'll okay. But but they'll be even healthier. Actually, that's perfect because that's what you want them for Make apple pies and cider as long as yeah. Paul is that the deal is that your son gives you some.
5: Well, that's that's what we thought we were going to do last year, and it didn't work out very well. So I'll have to, I'll have to put that on there. But there yeah, go. I just didn't want to leave it too too long, and like you said,
1: get mushy, and then they'll then get what mushy. You Yeah, like there's yeah. some varieties like you know like Nor if you had Norland apple, let's say, if you didn't pick them by now, then they're, they'd be starting to get applesauce. You know. Yeah. Just used for applesauce, but there's some like September Ruby or Prairie Sensation. They're going to be ripening under but another week yet, just after this heat time. So I mean, so you know, you got to adjust. Every year is different because of the climate, you know, the the, the temperature and everything else, right? Yeah. So, um So uh, so every year is a bit different. So just do a taste test and you figure out if they're ready to pick. I'd pick them and then uh, then they're they're the prime when you can make them for the best pies or best. Apple cider, or whatever you're going to do with them.
0: I guess the thing is, too, that you can always ripen an apple off the tree. Absolutely. But, but if it's overripe, there's no going back, there's right? There's no going yeah. back.
1: That's right.
5: Yeah, because I've got a fireside. I, n- I never got any apples this year, but those, that's ready in like almost the end of September.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's some that are, they're quite like fall red and September ruby. Yeah. There is some that, that ripen quite a bit later, right? So, and, yeah. uh, you have to watch for the frost for those ones, right? So. Yeah.
5: Well, that fireside is supposed to be able to store for nine months, they said. You know, in a cold room kind
1: of thing. Yep, there is is some ones like Red Sparkle and and, uh, Honeycrisp. They can store in your fridge for probably three months. Yep. Yep, yep.
5: Okay, well, thank okay. you so much. I guess uh, we're going to be uh, making uh, applesauce.
1: There you go. Perfect. Hey. Thanks. <laughs> I
5: thank enjoy. All. Take care.
0: One eight seven seven we have got calls to get through, so we're going to keep going here. So out to Rosetown right now to talk to Eden. Good morning, Eden. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good.
4: Hey, i got a little make-work project here I'm doing. I've uh, got some uh, large plastic water totes or whatever in the metal cage, you know, the 1,000-liter yep. one, liter one yep. you see around it. Cut the top off those, and I want to make them into planters, so okay. I put the top down and the bottom to take up space. Now yep. it's time to dirt time.
1: Got drainage? I don't want to. Got drainage?
4: Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah, there's a valve on the bottom with drainage, so I'll drill some holes in the bottom. Okay, perfect. For drainage.
1: Yeah. So. And then
4: now I want to make soil, and... I don't want a lot of... Obviously, just go dig up whatever and have a bunch of weeds in it. Yep. Defeats the purpose of having a big planter. So I was thinking about putting a bunch of compost in it from, like, the compost station there in Saskatoon. Yep, Yep.
1: And
4: then the bottom part, like, the bottom two-thirds or whatever, and then, I don't know what to put on top. Yeah,
1: top, just just put a triple mix. Probably
4: got about three feet feet in depth.
1: Yeah, put a triple triple mix type of soil in it, okay? Like a garden mix. Rather than just straight topsoil, which will go rock hard on you right? You want to have a compost, you want to have a compost, peat moss, manure type of mix in the top. And then that would be the best. Now, um, also, put put a layer of crushed rock or something on the bottom as well, okay? And then even just a little bit of, uh, you know, like filter fabric, like a landscape fabric or something like that, okay, on, on top of that. And then that'll make sure your drainage holes don't plug up. Right, yeah. Right. That'd be the best yeah, thing to do there, cool. and then you do make sure you get good drainage because that—that's important—is having good drainage, and um, yeah. and then then after that, then yeah, just the top, the bottom, you can put whatever you want in the bottom. That's not a problem, but the top where the where actually your your vegetables or your flowers or whatever you're going to put into them, uh, that that is a good topsoil. So you're looking at you know twelve to eighteen inches, right? If you're going to put yeah. vegetables.
4: And uh, so, where, like, how do I? So, what would I use? Like, how do I get it? Like, what do I make it out of?
1: Oh, just topsoil. One part topsoil, one part peat moss, or or compost, and one part, yep. uh, one one part, um, yeah, just uh, manure or something like that. Okay. okay. Perfect. So a third. One, two, three. Yep, one third of each. each.
0: One, two, three. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. There you go. Thanks, Eden. Yep. All right, thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to go to our text line. We've got a couple texts we want to get to because people have been waiting patiently. Bernie from Saskatoon, when do you know is the time to cut sunflower heads off the stalk to dry out the
1: seeds? So for, if you're going to keep them for seeds like if people put out for birds and everything else, just make sure that the flowers... Have turned color, like almost turn from yellow to almost a kind of a brown or black color on the backside of the leaf, of the, mm, fl- of the okay. flower petals, yep. right? Or in the, p- the petals are sort of just wither up. Then and also the sunflower seeds are plump and ready to go. Then you're ready to pick them. Yeah, so it's kind hang, of hang them to dry, right? Yes, and then um, then you can put them out for the birds or or roast them yourself or whatever you're going to do with them.
0: Do we do we have sunflower seeds? Sorry, sunflowers here that make the seeds we actually want to eat? Yes, or, yes, okay. absolutely. Because there's different varieties of sunflowers, yeah. Yeah. right?
1: No, absolutely. Some
0: are kind of edible by for humans and some are
1: more for yeah, the birds. Birds nut, but yeah. yeah, we have both.
0: Okay, uh, let's go to the next text. Roger from Regina, we have a mature black ash tree about 25 years old about the last two weeks it's been losing a lot of leaves in bunches it appears to be mainly the new growth but in the upper canopy many of the leaves are drooping and curling look pretty ragged the ground is not dry beneath it there doesn't appear to be any bugs what is happening we don't want to lose the tree
1: yeah so one thing that is that, uh, that has happened even with my ash trees and happened to my sisters had a huge one in her front yard and she had a Manchurian ash or a mancan ash it's the same as the fall the, the it's a black ash variety and what happened is that a bunch of years back we had the in in Saskatoon and in different parts of the province we had a cottony psyllid. Which was mm-hmm. that a type of a plant. It's a, it's a psyllid and what it does, is it curls up the leaves really, really tight and you can't even spray them. But I think a lot of them, and I've noticed in, in, in my yard, I've almost, I'm losing all of them as well because I think they brought a fungus or something like that with them because all the bark is falling off the trees. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. And then all of a sudden that's, that happened to theirs too. The bark was loose. If you poke the bark, the bark is loose and all the leaves were just clumping and falling off as well. And they were falling off green. Okay, they didn't turn color like normally. The fall gold ashes, like these ones out here. There's a there's a fall gold ash just out in front of my truck here. Yep, yep, right there. And uh, they're turning they're turning a gold color right now. But these ones fell off green. They just withered up and just fell off in clumps. And so you'll notice the bark is loose, and that means the sap is not going up the tree, right? And so that means you had a, f- a fungus or something like that. Now they they like you think the black ash like moisture. The Black ash loved lots of moisture. Okay. So you want to make sure that, you know, in the summertime, you want the water, not just your lawn. you got to water down deeper. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's the big one for that. But if they have that, if the bark is coming loose, there's nothing you can do. The tree's on its way out.
0: Okay, let's go to back to the phone lines here. We've got Todd and Karen waiting. But first, called in the first, uh, is Darcy, who's out in Martinsville. Hi, Darcy.
6: Hi there. I
7: have a bunch of evergreens in my yard, probably 200. Yep. And they have the white dots. On about, I'll say ten of them, twelve of them. Scale. And I went to your store, and your employee notified me that it's pine scale. Yep. And I got some of the chemical, the spray, and the ones that have the pine scale are the trees that are forty feet tall.
1: Yep. I'm wondering, but the scale will be mostly on the bottom half of the tree. If you'll notice, there's not a ton at the top.
7: I, yeah, I can't see the top.
1: Yeah, but so. it's not not as much at the top. Most of it's at the bottom half of the tree.
7: Okay, so I should only have to spray the, like, 20 feet of the tree? Yeah,
1: if you just get the bottom half of the tree, you're going to get uh, the biggest percentage of them. Okay. And one thing going to watch convenient. for is, watch for when you're spraying them, is that if those flecks are, like, really, really hard, like, a it looks like a paint fleck, okay? That's what it looks like. It looks like someone yeah. was painting and... and did a sloppy job (laughs) faint flex everywhere and if they're really really hard you're not going to be able to spray them now if they're softer if you can put your fingernail on them and you can scrape them off you know uh then they're still in the crawling stage and then that's when you can get them easy okay
7: yeah i was able to do that but there's two or three of the trees that look completely dead like do they do you think they'd come back or they
1: if they're completely dead if they're completely dead no they won't come back are there any
7: needles left on it no, no, three of them don't have needles at all. Yep,
1: then they're done. Okay, those ones are done. And
7: so, should I be spraying like all of my trees in the yard, like especially
1: especially, especially on on either side of those ones that died? Okay, because one thing I'm worried about too is that you had more than just did the needles turn brown or they just had paint flex them? Did the needles any of the needles turn like a rusty brown? Oh yeah. Okay, especially
7: so. I have four fir trees. Yep. And they're like for the last three years I can't understand why they're really brown and that's probably because of this.
1: Yeah, well it can be that but I'm worried about you might have needle cast disease as well. Okay. Okay. And needle cast disease is another thing. Look look up needle cast disease, okay? Just, okay. just Google uh, uh, pine, uh, spruce needle-cast disease or fur needle-cast disease, okay? And then you'll see pictures okay. of what it looks like, and you'll be able to see the symptoms, yeah. right? And you'll have to take a magnifying glass, and you'll see little black fruiting bodies on the needles, okay? So just just look yeah. it up, and you'll see, because it's better to it's, it's visual for you, okay? And if it okay. is that, then you need to sp- start spraying with Bordeaux, or a copper spray.
8: Bordeaux?
1: Yep, copper spray. Okay. And you also need to make so sure not, make sure you make sure that through this drought you're watering those trees too.
7: Yeah, I so, water. Yeah. very thoroughly. Good. Um, okay, and then so how often should I spray these trees? If it's
1: needle cast, like, you need to spray them three times. Okay, about, what about fourteen what days about apart. The, and what the, about
7: the, the pine scale? The
1: pine scale, I would spray them once now, and then watch for them as soon as they start appearing next year, because then they'll be in the crawling stage, and then you okay. hit them again. And then you'll get rid of those. Those are easy to get rid of. I'm not not concerned about that. I'm more concerned if you've got a totally dead tree that you have, might have no. needle cast, okay? Now, does
0: Darcy spray everything with for like all the other trees in his yard? Everything? Does he blast everything with uh, well, especially, pine scale? Especially, spray?
1: especially the ones that are opposite of you know, not just the ones that are the ones that are next to the tr- those trees. Okay, you don't yeah, necessarily I have did to sp- those too. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to spray everything because I only say you only need to spray because you could see the scale. That's an easy one. I mean, you don't need yeah. to spray everything if they're not there. Okay. Yeah. Um that's just wasting spray and not having to do that. Okay. So just hit okay. the ones you want, but like I said, I, I need, you need to do some research into the needle cast and you need to okay. watch for that one, okay?
0: And if you're not sure, okay. you can always uh, you know send pictures of what, what's going on in your yard yep. to info at Dutchgrowers dot com yep. or Rick at dutchgrowers.com, dot com. And then we could figure And out they can help on. you definitely with the with that there too.
1: So but, but okay. I definitely check well, if needle d- needle cast disease on spruce trees, so i check for that.
7: Okay. Well it's good news that I don't have to spray two more times this year. <laughs> no, no, you don't. But, but and that I don't have to spray the top of the tree because that wasn't no, nope. wasn't working well.
1: <laughs> but but so. you but you if you have needle cast you may have to okay. And then the yeah. best way to do with that one is what what I do I'm going to spray that high up is what I'll I'll just say quickly I don't have a minute but I, what I'll do is I'll mix up a, a bucket of Bordeaux okay copper spray and then I'll yeah. put a submersible pump into it. And then I'll feed a car, a, a car, a good car pressure washer, like a, a pressure washer. Okay? Yeah. Now you're putting yeah. a fine mist and you can blast up quite a bit higher into the tree with that. Okay? okay. And it's actually, because yeah. the way it, it drifts and, and makes a mist, it just woofs and goes right into around the whole needle rather than just spraying the top of the needles.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I had a large 20 foot pipe attached to my sprayer, but it was.
0: It wasn't easy to hold. Yeah, Um, I know. We got to run your Darcy, but uh, best of luck with that. If you need more help, make sure you send an email, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, take care. Uh, We got to thank a couple people who have been waiting on the line, Uh, both uh, Karen and Todd, for waiting for us with your calls. We really appreciate that. We're going to take them in the order they arrived. So, Todd, hang on. you're, You're up next, but Karen's right now, and we're going into Saskatoon to talk to Karen about some Silver Willows. Hi there, Karen. Thanks for waiting. Hi, no problem.
2: Um, yeah, I propagated some silver willows kind of late in the season. It was, oh, about the 20th of June, I think.
1: Yep, that's no problem.
2: Um, they had two three-inch uh, roots on them. I rooted them in water. Yep. Popped them into some beautiful potting soil. they rooted up very well. And I was just wondering, do I have to baby them this winter, or can I plant them? Plant them. This fall. Plant them. Oh, yay.
1: Plant them. And then just mulch them for the first winter. Okay. Okay. And uh, make, make, yeah, plant them. Absolutely plant them. Get that's them in the ground. That's another
2: thing. Um, some of them got little leaves on them that were growing, and then they dried up and fell off.
1: Okay, that that's that normal. That's normal. The first leaves will do that a lot of times in the willows. Okay. That's not a problem, especially the bottom leaves, okay? Yes, yes. Yep, not a problem.
2: Okay. Thanks a lot,
0: guys. Yep. You yep. bet. Thanks. Take Bye. care, Karen.
1: One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're gonna go to
0: Outlook right now to talk to Todd, who's got a problem that I think probably lots of people do. Something going on in the potato patch, Todd, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so what's what's the issue?
3: Uh so I have about like twenty five rows about a hundred feet long each of uh, organic potatoes. Yep. Wow. And so they've all like they've all flowered and basically most of them all like have gone to wilting. Yep. And uh and I took up one row last night, and they're, like, reasonable production and all oh, healthy. I, how long can I leave the uh, plants in the ground?
1: Right up until the ground, before the ground freezes and freezes your tubers. Okay. Okay, uh, my my sister-in-law, what they used to do is they, they used to take an area in their garden, and they used to tarp it. Yeah. And sometimes the snow was on top of the tarp, and then they'd roll the tarp and then dig the potatoes up, because you see it fresher in the ground, <laughs> they'd, and, they'd, and, they'd, and they wanted to put them in bags, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you can put them right up until you don't want your tubers to freeze, obviously, but you can keep them as long as you can.
3: Okay. And then, uh, so because it's organic, I haven't been spraying. I just battled, like, weed whacking and lots of rows. I put cardboard between the rows to keep the weeds down. Yep. But I sort of lost the battle, you know, between working and... So the weeds are, like, one to three feet tall. Yep. Like, once it's all gone, like, if it wasn't too dry, like, could I burn the field to take care of the millions of billions of seeds. Or?
1: Well, that's the problem—is the seeds right now, right? You're gonna have millions of billions of seeds for next year, so yep. yeah, you you can burn those ones. Uh, absolutely, you just have to make sure that in the fall that you do you got that you got that under control when it's not going to be a windy day, right? <laughs> so, yeah,
3: I, I have like a like I have a little tractor and stuff, so I have like an eight foot dirt all the way around. Yeah, yep. there's a lot
1: Still, be careful because on a windy day, it'll jump that eight feet easy. Okay. Okay.
3: Probably won't, uh, then your neighbors won't be, be all, happy. And your
1: neighbors won't be happy with you. Uh,
3: the, the neighbors are pretty sparse, but
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, I'll let somebody else get on. Okay. Well, th-
0: but, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Todd. Take care. Right. 1-877-332-8255. Okay, a couple great calls there. Let's go to the text line from Beaver Flat. I have had two years of aphids decimating my Virginia creeper. Yep. I'm wondering if there's anything I can do now to prevent this from happening again next year.
1: You got to get, no, just next year, like right now, the aphids are going to, when well, starts getting cooler, they're going to basically lay eggs, okay? It's the only time they lay eggs, otherwise they give birth, okay? You have to, next spring, you have to get onto them right away to get that first generation. Mm-hmm. If you can stop the first generation, you'll have way less problems the rest of the year. So you, as soon as the leaves start budding out, you need to get on them then, because they're going to be there. And what do we spray with? Uh, just use an insecticidal soap if you want, a blossom of cold water, you can use, a, uh, pyrethrin, you know, you can use whatever. Now,
0: another trick we know works is, what, ladybugs? Lady, yeah. Right? Actually get some ladybugs. do that right now? Get some
1: prey mantis or ladybugs. Right? Right? Put a little wren house up.
0: Right. Yeah. If you attract the birds, they like eating they, those.
1: They'll love the protection of, of, of the Virginia creeper. Okay. Right. Yeah. Of course, you, if you can have wren houses in that, you can't be spraying, right? You can use, you can use soap and water. You can use that. Okay. That's not a problem. And, uh, but you put some wren houses up because those little wrens that they, they go all day long eating aphids. hmm. Big time. And if they have a little, little tiny bird house with a little hole where the, you know, magpies and crows can't get into and other birds can't get into, they'll, they'll pick up home there and they'll be there every year. Right, so you can put a red house out, you
0: can try that. You can also throw ladybugs or praying mantis at it. Can you do that right now, this no, year?
1: No, no, praying mantis, you put them in the spring. Okay, but right. how about
0: ladybugs? We can Lady, have ladybugs now.
1: Ladybugs now, but you're not going to find ladybugs right now. Oh, okay, so okay. you can get them in the... Usually the ladybugs and praying mantis, you can start getting around them about May long weekend.
0: So not much to do this year right yeah. now, because even the birds will have moved on. They're on their way to, you know, yeah, heading south. Some
1: of the birds are. Some of them are still around, yes. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: so not really anything this year. It's next year that you can you can battle it early in the spring. Yeah. Use, Either the spray,
1: use rent your, house. Use your... in, in you. Know, you know, your sexicidal soaps you know and get on it right away and you need to use a uh, uh, like a hose end sprayer because you if you just use a little little like a trigger sprayer yeah you're just gonna hit the top of the leaves the aphids are on the back side of the leaves mm, you're not okay. gonna get them so if you're gonna blast them you have to use a hose end sprayer so that you actually blast them so that it gets the back side of the leaves that's why you it's hard to battle them for mm-hmm. that's why the best way like i said is the wren houses the prairie mantis and the and the ladybugs is the best way to to battle those
0: let's go to kipling right now and take a call from dave watson talk about watermelons hi dave good morning how are you doing good good
6: good so we've got some watermelons
0: probably about 15 or so out there they took really good this year
1: how big are they
6: they are i would say eight to ten inches in diameter but somebody told me that uh you kind of want to wait for those white stripes like like you buy in the store to them because we have picked a couple one last week Yep, one yesterday. Not quite ready. Okay, but they're not a hundred percent. So I just so, wonder what we should be looking for for an indicator.
1: So what you want to do is, yeah, the swiss stripe is good, but you know what? If you can leave them in there for for well into into like the tenth of September type things, but what right. you will need to get is you'll need to get yourself a frost blanket, those white blankets. Yes. Because uh, a friend of mine that did that and he was he got seventeen pound watermelons. Wow. Okay, big watermelons, but they put all their growth on in in September, basically. Yeah. that's when they put most of their size on and so but he but every every evening and when it was hot he took them off but otherwise every evening when the temperature was going down below 10 degrees he covered them and then as you get into further into september then you can just leave that cover on right because the date but it's just when it's uh and it's not even that bad to leave them on like when it's heat because it shades them as well right and uh but th- that keeps the nighttime temperatures in and that's when they start putting their 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 um, their size on cuz right now we even had last week in the last 7 days we had a we had a plus 5 yeah. right now we have 10s right now again which is awesome but once you go below once you if you want the growth to happen you need to keep that those temperatures at the at the at the plant and, and leaf side and you need to keep them um, you need to keep it uh, warm at nighttime okay and using those frost blankets, is if you have watermelons, and you can use them year after year, and you can even use them in the spring to get them started earlier, and uh, just fold them up and put them away for the winter time, and you can use them for a lot of years.
6: Okay, and what about water? Should they be getting watered?
1: Absolutely. This, this, okay. That's when they'll they'll be taking up lots of water to fill those things up.
6: They're kind of like a pumpkin. They're, they're, they really absorb a lot near the end. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Excellent. Well, we'll get the, we'll get the frost blankets and yep. get some watermelons growing.
1: There you go. You cool probably, you'll probably be sitting out there to at least the 10th, 15th of, A, of September, depending on our season, right? But you, that's when you'll start getting the size. Okay. Okay.
6: Perfect. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for that and we're looking forward to bigger watermelons. There awesome.
0: You know. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Take care.
6: Have a great day.
0: One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's how you join the conversation both on the text and to call us. And we've got uh Neil who's joining us right now. Neil, are you in Winnipeg or just uh are you uh, like just there right now on a holiday or something?
8: Oh no no. I, I'm a I'm a former Saskatchewan and I am stuck in Winnipeg. <laughs> stuck, I like that word. <laughs> do
1: you, do you, do you, are you a Blue Bomber fan or a Rider fan still?
8: No, no, man. I got the green on it.
0: It's
1: uh, <laughs> that's good. That's
0: been
8: hard, it's, it's been a hard couple of years to wave that flag, but I still am. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, you. like,
0: if you're waving it, we can take your call that way then. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay.
8: <laughs> so, <laughs> so
0: you got some cedars. I got some cedars.
8: That's yep. right. Cedars that are thinning out at the bottom.
1: Yes. If they're thinning out at the bottom, you probably have spider mite. Okay.
8: Okay. I mean like they're just sort of, just to be clear, they just look like they are thinning. They don't look bare. Yeah. No. They just look like they're thinning.
1: Yeah, because what'll happen, spider mite work from the bottom inside up and out. Okay. Oh. That's how they work. Okay, okay. So what you can do is you can, you can get in there and take a look and you'll need a magnifying glass because they'll have little tiny webs that'll go down the little branches. They aren't web from branch to branch. They're actually needles that uh, webbing that goes along the stems between the needles. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's okay. very fine needles that you'll, you'll leave, you take out a clipboard and a white piece of paper and you can sometimes what you can do is just tap your branches at the bottom there onto the white piece of clipboard and okay. uh, with a white piece of paper on it. And then you can actually see the little specks. But otherwise, they don't look like a spider that you can see with the eye that great, okay? Okay. And they're most likely, and what they do, is, especially when it's it's dry like this, cedars and pines and spruce, that's when they're more prevalent. They don't like it when it's wet, right? They they produce way faster when it's dry like this.
6: Okay, so currently, right now, do I just spray them off with water? Yeah, blast
1: them with cold water. Or you can use okay. a. Uh, if you, you can also use a product called uh, malathion. Okay. Okay. And you have to spray yeah. them basically three times, fourteen days apart. And what I suggest you do now is we can spray them once now, and then start yeah. spraying next June. Okay. And you only need to spray Perfect. the bottom half of the tree. Because okay, that's cause that's where the most of them like are. Three. That's where most of them okay. are. And you'll never get rid of all of them. You just want to bring the population down so that your, your, your plant can sustain itself during, during, especially during, and then keep your plant moist and you need to fertilize once every three weeks from Mother's Day, May the 10th yeah. until July the 15th and use a, a, thir, an, a, an acid-based fertilizer. Okay. So like a 30-10-10, let's say.
8: Okay. Um,
6: would that account for maybe some browning of these tips?
1: Yep, well, yeah, you'll see some browning, but also you'll see some, with the tree stress, you'll see it even go into more seed than usual as well. Okay, guys, well,
0: I love your show. Thanks for helping me out. Okay. Awesome, yeah, thanks for calling. Thanks, take, right. take it easy, guys. Yeah, you do. All right, thanks. Bye-bye, Neil. One eight seven seven 332 Let's go to our next call to go Balgoni near Regina and talk to Kelvin. Hi there, Kelvin.
4: Hi. I've got... Uh something eating my leaves and my peppers this year, what would that be?
1: Probably grasshoppers this year. <laughs> but it depending me? where you are. Oh, our, ours, the grasshoppers got, right? They ate them. Uh, they were, uh, we've
4: got very few grasshoppers okay.
1: here. Then, then if you don't have grasshoppers, if, if it could be anything from... Uh, from, are they actually eating them or are they just sucking them dry? Pardon me? Were they actually eating holes in them?
4: Yeah, eating the leaves
8: leaves.
1: Yeah, so it could be it could be a bunch of things. It could be a flea beetle, okay? Yeah. It could be a flea beetle. It could be um, aphids only will suck. It won't drill holes in it. Could be a caterpillar, okay? That'll eat on them.
8: Yeah,
4: because I can't see nothing, there, and, and, and and what you know, we've had flea beetles, and and uh, I I think it must be something that's eating at them at night.
1: Yeah. Well, then look for what's called a uh, look it up in your computer. It's called a hornworm. Okay, and they don't get very many of them. You'll only have one or two in your garden, or per plant, right? And they're they're a fat, plumpy, green one with a horn on the, on their tail. Okay. Okay. And then they eat lots, and but you don't notice them because they're camouflaged, right? Because they're green is the same as the leaves.
4: So spray them with what? Seven or malathion?
1: Yeah, uh, seven. Uh, if you have seven, that's pretty. I wouldn't use seven in the garden. Okay. Uh, just because you don't want to use it around your your fruit, right? Uh, if you're going to use anything, I would just use insecticidal soap in the garden. Okay. Right? Or you can use a product called uh, the pyrethrin, okay? Yes. Because you can use pyrethrin up to one day before harvest. Okay. But I wouldn't use melatine, I wouldn't use 7, I wouldn't use those in the garden, okay? Because then you have to wait for 14 days or more, and you want to eat your vegetables.
4: Okay, one other quick question. We've had all kinds of blackbirds in our lawn this year. Yes. In the whole town. What would they be eating?
1: They're going after sod webworms. Oh. And they're going after the beetles. And for me, they're, you know, I have about 50 of them in my yard. They're going after the, um, the fish flies.
4: Oh, that's great. Yep. So, well, thank
0: you for your information. Okay. You bet. Thanks, Calvin. Take care. Yep. One eight seven seven Let's go to our text line. We finally get some time for this. This is Rosanda from Estefan. I like to start my own lime sweet potato vines, but I can't find seeds anywhere. Any suggestions how I can do this?
1: Yeah, you can, a lot of them are taken by cuttings so that people will keep their old plants and they keep it, you know, in a place where they can, you know, um, just like a geranium and that kind of stuff and just keep it and then take cuttings. Or that's how most of them are vegetated cuttings. That's how you get them started. Uh, seeds yeah i 'm trying to think where you 're going to find seed for them that, that you you probably have to go online for that mm, you 're probably mm-hmm. not going to find them because most of them, like I said, that we get into the greenhouse are all started cuttings, so it 's a matter of keeping a, a mother plant and then and then keep babying it through the winter time and resting it and then in January getting it growing and then taking cuttings from it.
0: Okay. Uh, this is from Ralph, who's in Prince Albert. Last year, my strawberry plants produced large, beautiful berries. This year, I put a mesh over them to keep the birds out of my plants. Yep. Uh, and they're nice and healthy, but I got very few berries, and they were very tiny. Is, is it the mesh, or was it just a bad year for strawberries? It's,
1: it was a worse year for strawberries because of the heat and that kind of stuff, but also you got to watch if your mesh is too tight and too dark, then you're, you're going to shade them too much, right? You're not going to get the sun onto your will it,
0: Will it limit the, the cross-pollinization
1: too from... It could if it's a very tight mesh. Like right. Some of them are really tight mesh, and so you have to have the bees going in there pollinating, right? So you've got to watch for that too. So um, so it's kind of... Um, so it's, me- a, it's a tough one.
0: Mesh is okay, but you've got to find a, a looser, O4 open mesh just yep. to keep the birds out, but that doesn't shade it, doesn't keep the bees and the yep. other exactly. bugs out and everything like that. Exactly. Right? Okay. So, Ralph might take some trying, you know, to yep. see what kind of works the best for you. Uh, Jimmy is in Warman. When's the best time to spray
1: 2,4-D on lawn weeds? On lawn weeds, um, basically, if you're going to use that, just right now, they're all starting to get ready because of the sunlight hours are getting less. I notice even my, I had some thistles in my lawn, and they've all gone to the rosette stage, and that's the best time to get them.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, interesting uh, text here from Alex. He says, I'm in need of a fast-growing, preferably deciduous tree, looking for a good you know, uh, coverage, not something that's sparse. Yep. Uh, but the most important factor is I want leaf cover late into the fall for noise reduction from a bin yard. Okay. Uh, not height limited, just want something to break, the, break up uh, to quiet down a grain dryer and a bin yard. Okay. So what can we use that's going so to put up a big, grow fast, put up a big, you know, leafy, lots of...
1: Probably silver maple. Silver maple. Yep.
0: So, yeah, it'll be fast growing. It's
1: fast growing. Silver, big, sil- big. Silver cloud maple. Yep. Will keep their leaves fairly long into the season. Okay. And probably that's where I one I plant there is so called silver cloud maple.
0: So, it's not going to fix the problem in the next year or yep. two, but, you know, it's, in a number of years, it'll be there.
1: It's a big tree, so you need to fertilize it. Like, basically, maples you can be careful with because they grow so quickly they don't want to shut down. So, you may, you you fertilize them in May and June and then you quit. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, and you, mm-hmm. then they get, they'll grow like lots. And cause they, they grow so much that they don't want to shut down. That's one thing about maples is that you don't want to fertilize late into the season and you want to slow down the watering once you get into September because otherwise they get tip kill on them because they don't want to stop growing. They just grow so fast. Okay. So that would be the one thing I would do. Or another plant you can do is you plant a row, a bunch of uh, Dakota pinnacle birch and Dakota pinnacle birch are more narrow, only nine feet wide, but grow up tall. Okay, and they turn beautiful gold color and they'll keep those leaves right on through the wintertime sometimes.
0: Right, so that's one that right. will, yes, that yeah. will
1: last. They'll turn gold and they'll hang on almost all winter.
0: So, yeah, that, and, and you, so you make a row basically of those. You make a as, row of those and they, work, a noise they break. If you don't
1: have space because the, the maple, silver maples are huge. Okay, they're mm-hmm. giant. They're like a, you know, 50 foot high, you know, 50 foot wide. To 30, 40 feet wide, right? Yeah, that's right. Whereas the Dakota pinnacles, they grow really fast and uh, and yet they'll keep their leaves on long too
0: perfect and right now uh though in saskatoon ian is going to join us here for talking about watering trees for the fall hi there ian hey good morning good Morning. Um,
5: when you have like we're going to get this week of really hot weather yep. so i was going to water my- Put a soaker hose on for you know a couple hours around the trees. Um, at, the, at when this is done, so but is it too soon to consider that to be the final water for the a good yep. soaker? No, you're,
1: you're, yeah, you're still into your summer watering yet, okay? So we're still in August yet, and so once we start getting to September, so this this hopefully this is going to be the last really hot hot some part. Some people don't want that, but but I mean hopefully for the plants this will be the last really hot one. This le, this next week, and then after that, then you can start slowing down. So then you you know you're going to be able to you're going to be able to make keep them alive still, okay? Because so we're still getting some warm weather in September, but I wanted to, I want them to start slowing down so they start by the end of September they change, start changing color, okay? That's what I want.
5: Yeah, well, see, I have um I have a green ash and it and you know and they. I think they're one of the earliest to lose their leaves, and at that's hard. The they are really turning yellow. Yep. So, do I treat that one a little different than the other?
1: Nope. Same thing because it'll, it'll with the daylight. They're they're turning because of daylight hours. Okay. And so, uh, they'll turn quicker, like right now, like I was saying, there's some ash out here on the riverbank right here that have lost their leaves already because they went into protection mode, okay? They dropped them because they, they, they're still fine, but they still, they, they can't, uh, they can't sustain themselves, so they protect themselves. And there's poplars that'll do that too. They'll turn yellow and drop them off in August just to protect themselves. And, uh, but, uh, what you want to do though is, uh, is that just get them, just get them through this, this, this warm week. And after that, start slowing down the watering. And then your last really good watering, I like doing it around, uh, anywhere from October 1st to October 20th.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank okay? you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Take care again. one 332 We've got a text, uh, coming from Majory in uh, from, from bigger. Question is, what do you suggest I do to protect our newly planted tree seedlings for winter? They went in in June. Yep. Uh, we've got a mixture of blue spruce, Siberian larch, paper birch, red elder, pin cherry, lilacs, uh, red osler. There's uh, a peeled post wood shavings and mulch around them. Yep. So, also, uh, what to do, and when should we stop watering them? We've got an irrigated drip watering system. It's on every three days. All these trees are kind of from a foot to three feet tall.
1: Okay. A couple things you need to do, uh, especially on the farm. What you can do is this, you have an irrigation system. So, and once you get past this, this hot weather here in the end of September, slow down on the watering. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let them, let them turn, let them go dormant. You want them to turn color and leaves. Like they said, they had dogwood, they had poplars and that. The poplars should lose their leaves by about the third week of September, approximately. And, uh, so you you want that to happen. And, and if they're, if you're forcing too much water, then they're going to stay greener longer. It's not good. Uh, so also what you can do with them is that make sure you got, if you got grass around them, cut the grass a little bit lower because you don't want to attract, uh, uh, you know, on either side of the mulch areas because you don't want to attract voles to start, you know, taking up their winter home and start eating the bark underneath the snowbank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. And then also what you can do if you want, if, is put up a, if you want to protect them, put up a snow fence. Mm-hmm. You know, get them covered up with snow. That's a good way to do it. Also, you got the extra moisture there for the spring as well. Right, So that's another way you can do is just to, just to source some protection. And then those little plants, if you got deer around, they'll be covered up with snow, and that will keep the deer off them as well.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh, this is from Ted, who's in Regina. Good morning. Sweet peas and morning glories grew, but never bloomed.
1: Sweet peas and morning glories, never bloomed. So what you want to do is you want to, for, for those ones there, um, uh, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you watch your pH of your soil. Because there's two things that that'll that'll happen is that to bloom they have to have the nutrients. Okay, so so watch your pH your soil. That's where I'm seeing a lot of people having issues right now. Mm-hmm. Is um, is even in, even in the in the central sort of northern not northern but central part of the province they've been having alkaline problems like huge, and so a lot of chlorotic leaves and everything else, and so a lot of plants just can't can't do their proper growing if the pH isn't at about seven. So. Check your soil level, that your soil pH level, and then you might have to. Uh, if it's if it's too high, uh, then you might have to use some aluminum sulfate or sulfur products around them to to get them to to produce properly.
0: So, second question from Ted is: uh, I love the look of a few self-seeding flowers. What's the best way of getting them to start in my yard by stealing from the neighbors? He says they know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the flowers, just like when you, we talked about sunflowers right now, right? The, they're going to go into seed, and you want to get them before the birds because the birds will go after those seeds like crazy. So, and so you can pick them, and you can sow them if you want. Okay. Right?
0: All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is Bernice in Big River. Just discovered aphids, I presume, in a succulent, small white dots. On a succulent.
1: You probably have, um, it's probably a mealy bug, okay?
0: So what she did is, she says, uh, I dumped all the soil and washed the pot, washed the plant and poured 91% rubbing alcohol all over it. Scraped off all that I could see. I did a repot in with a cactus succulent, uh, new soil. What else? Was rub, rubbing alcohol okay to put on it? Some yeah, leaves have dropped. Just,
1: just got to watch because you go too strong, right? But normally what I do is with the take a, or, uh, uh, Q-tip, okay. rubbing alcohol, I'll dab Oh, okay. Right? And that takes care of them right away.
0: Right. Okay. So anything else to do? Nope. No. Nope. Should be
1: fine. Just watch your concentration. Okay. That's all.
0: Uh, it's, yeah, it's a new soil. Everything's been cleaned yep. out. Just, so there's nothing really you, else to once do. Once you
1: do hit them with that with that rubbing alcohol, I'd rinse them with good water. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. That's what I would do. Okay.
0: Uh, let's go uh, here. Let's. Well, you know what? We've got, a, we've got time for a call here, so we're going to get this on right now, and then it's the lightning round for all of our texts. So we're now going out to Gravelberg to talk to Vic. Hi there, Vic
8: morning, guys. Good morning. Good show again. Thank uh, you. I've got some carraganas uh, uh, grove in the g- uh, yard is the worst. Uh, there's uh, patches off the bark that's peeled back the size of a small a golf ball or a small egg. Yep. And it's killing half the damn trees every once in a while. I have to go cut a, uh, some of the dead uh, trees out.
1: Okay, so, uh, so does it look like it might be a rodent trimming them off, peeling it back?
8: Well, I wonder, you know, the snow never gets that high for a, a rabbit to be chewing on them. But uh, you know, they're up four or five feet high, some low ones. Okay. And uh, the ones in the field seem okay.
1: It's just in that in the one batch, because and you said that the, the the bark is actually peeling off. The yeah, only thing yeah. they, the only thing they were getting uh, that I've noticed in carrigans, especially when you get a dry area, they'll get a with the humidity at nighttime they'll get a powdery mildew. Oh. But you'll see the white on the leaves, though. Okay. Oh. And you're not seeing that. That's interesting that you're seeing that peeling back, and uh, I'm not not normal that, that 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 I see that. Okay, if you can take a picture, yeah. if you have an an email, if you want, just send it to info at dutchgrowers com. Okay,
8: I'll do that. And it's got some viney weeds. I'll send that picture too. I don't know what they are, but yep. I'll, also in the garden, guys, uh, if if you got a sprinkler system set up in the garden and it does water the potatoes that are now. The foliage is dead. Is that going to cause growth in the grounder?
1: No, just don't want to make them too wet because you want those tubers to stay. You don't want them to rot or anything. Right, yeah. right. You don't want them to be yeah. too wet. Okay, that there that'll you. be the biggest thing I worry about is being too wet down there. Yeah, it could uh,
8: change a different type of sprinkler. Yep. or soaker hose. Yeah.
1: Okay.
8: Good man. Good good guys. Thank you okay. very
0: much. All right. Thanks, Vic. Take care. Take care, buddy. one let us get one more text in here. So uh, this is Karen. Good morning. My tomatoes have been getting large flat spots in the bottom, and they'll start to rot on the bottom. Yeah. Two plants are in a two-by-six flower box, and three are in pots. What's going on? It's a tomato. Yep,
1: it's yeah. a tomato. Blossom and rot. Mm, okay. Yeah, so inconsistent watering. That's yeah, which does, is hard in
0: pots to so do. Is
1: hard, especially when it's hot it 's really hard yeah okay because you 're going wet, dry wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry, and you 'll get blossom in red, that happens right when they 've been pollinated right when they 're started actually that 's when it started mm-hmm. okay and, and calcium and, and calcium yeah so keeping the tree, keeping the plants healthy, uh, so using a uh, calcium based organic fertilizer around them is huge, just so they, they, don't, they make them more resistant, but number one is the watering. You've got to be consistent.
0: So that's Right. That's the first thing. With the calcium, I like to use a uh, slow-release fertilizer, and it's the little pebbles that you put in there when you put the plant in, like at the beginning of the year, and it's got calcium in it. So then as you
1: water it... And even bone meal.
0: Right. That works too. Works too. But if if you use this slow-release stuff... Every but, time you water it, it puts some more calcium but, but you,
1: in. You'll see the little circle on the bag. It'll say extra calcium, like, yeah. plus calcium, because some of them don't have calcium Exactly. So you've
0: got to use that one that's got the calcium in yep. it. And then it kind of solves that problem for a lot of worrying about the calcium part. Yep. Still got st- to worry about the water. you still got
1: to worry about the water because yeah. even if you use all the calcium in the world, yeah. and you go wet-dry, 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 you still can get it.
0: Uh, let's go to this. This is Who. Um, don't know the name, but that's okay. Looking for a little advice on what I should be picking, when I should be picking my concord grapes what indicators should i look for in the grapes to tell me it's time uh you looking to make some jelly and maybe some wine out of that sort of thing
1: Let's give them a taste oh okay give them a taste that's my my best way of doing it i mean the concord grapes you know how they're they're the if they turn most of like beta value into that they'll turn a nice purple color okay so if there's not green yet and they turn a nice purple color then they're ready nice and dark they're ready to go Okay. And um, but otherwise, pretty soon the birds will be moving in. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so you got to get to them fast. So uh, yeah, just taste them, just check them that way. Okay, this
0: is from Louise in Saskatoon. Why did my cucumber plant and the cucumbers turn yellow?
1: If they turned yellow, it has to probably do with if it's a yellow, it probably has to do with new water. Number one, mm-hmm. watch your consistency of water, uh, just like the blossom end rot on the on the tomatoes. Not watching the water and also watching nutrient deficiency. Okay. Okay, two things. So making sure that you use an organic fertilizer around them.
0: This is from Marilyn. Tomatoes at this time of year. Should I stop watering and prune the plant so the fruit can get more sun? I've been consistently watering up until the this last cooler week.
1: Yep. No, watch this week is still thirty degrees, so you yes. wanna keep the shade around them a bit, okay with the leaves. And then after that, then you can prune them uh, once we start the temperatures. And then watch the nighttime temperatures because if it drops below 5 degrees, you want to put a, a, car, a cover over top of them, then you can keep them ripening outside, which tastes way better.
0: Okay. Uh, this is from Lorna, who's near Grandora. Is it too late to fertilize shrubs? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We want them to, we don't want them to keep putting them, on growth yeah, now. We want start, them to start
1: next May the 10th approximately. We're going to start again and then usually quitting around the middle of July and now we're at the end of August. No, I don't want to force those trees.
0: Exactly. Donna's in Emma Lake. Why don't we see, seem to see, seem to see any pine
1: cones on our spruce trees and wondering why? Uh, a lot of them will go through years of, of lots, and, but, the, but a lot of times when they're stressed, they make they make more. So, so if, if your spruce trees aren't, Making a lot of pine cones, you think that's good. Yeah, that means they're
0: not as stressed. Exactly. So it's actually a good thing. So we don't want pine cones; they just make a mess, anyways. And it shows us the tree's having a tough time because when they have a tough time, they want to
1: reproduce. They want to make more pine cones. So that's that's their their tickety boo. Usually that means
0: whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yep, it's working well. (laughs) Troy's from Swift Current. Uh, Have. Trees gone dormant already. I watered lots on a regular basis, but I noticed no new growth the last few weeks.
1: No, that they're shutting down now. If you look at the end of the end of the buds, where the end of the branches are, yep. they've set a, a bud for next year. Okay, right. so they're done basically growing. That's why you want to keep them through this hot weather. You want to keep them moist, but not wet. And then after this hot weather disappears, you want to slow down the water and get in the plant to turn color for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You do want to shut the water off completely, but just slow down.
0: Kathy's in Saskatoon. Sorry. Kathy is in Saskatoon. There we go. I have a an nanking cherry bush that's gotten very overgrown. When's the best time to prune it? Uh, some of the branches yep. this is what, just, what she wants to know.
1: Just basically any time in October. Mm, okay yeah october first part of november or you can do it at the end of march or the first week of april again
0: mm-hmm. okay great uh every year my saskatoon berries are small and dried out i tried pruning but that didn't help i don't Fertilize them. Any suggestions? This yep. is Edwin and Prince Albert.
1: Use a fruit and berry fertilizer. Yeah. Okay. Cause it gives them all the nutrients, the micronutrients, not necessarily the nitrogen, but micronutrients. Cause you give them too much nitrogen, they won't produce as well. Okay. Also, hopefully you got the right type of bees. Cause right pop, proper pollination will give you better berries as well. Okay. Mm. I learned that huge from my neighbor having beehives and we so, get attracting get, bees attract to your garden. But this year the Saskatoons weren't that great because I didn't have enough moisture. This yeah. year, in, in the wild Saskatoon's okay? Yes, right. They didn't get enough moisture.
0: Uh, this is, uh, sorry, we got Edwin's text there. This is from Linda in Saskatoon. How do you prepare an amaryllis now to bloom at Christmas? Yep. I have been outside right now with uh, beautiful two feet tall leaves on it
1: yep leave them out there until we get a little bit of almost a little bit of frost like that first frost you know type of thing mm-hmm. and then dig them up i don't want the bulb to freeze but i i don't mind the top and get some if you want then you can bring it in and then take all this carefully take the soil off dry them okay and then and then put them into dormancy till about the first to middle of october then pot them back up again and then uh and then and then uh, get them started growing again, and you'll get your, by Christmas time, you'll get your beautiful blooms.
0: Okay. All right. Jeremy's Unity. I have two shrub, uh, sour, sorry, two shrub
1: type sour cherry trees. Yes. Do I cover them with chicken wire for the deer? Uh, mm-hmm. If you've got deer problems, they will chew them down. So, absolutely. Yeah. Because they love them. Yeah, that's right. So if you want to protect them, if you have a problem, then put a put a fence around them.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Deer, cher- cherries or any kind of fruit trees are like dessert for deer, Absolutely. right? And that's the sweetest, best-tasting stuff. And, and so. this
1: year, the way the drought has been most of the province, they're going to be a problem in people's yards again this year. Yeah,
0: no doubt. There's still a problem, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from Russ, who's in Rose Valley. We got time for this? Yeah, we still do. Russ, who's in Rose Valley, he says, Moles We're on an acreage with high-fiber old cattle pasture, meaning, yep. meaning it's easy to dig. Yep. How do we get rid of moles? There's like 20 to 30 of them. I don't want to use poison. We've got dogs that catch and dispose of some of them, but we can't keep up, basically.
1: Yeah, get a black hole trap, okay? Or otherwise, if you live on a farm, you can go to a municipality office and they have a plow. And what they do is this plow uh, basically has a bullet on the end like they do use for putting pipe uh, pipe plows in the ground. Mm -hmm. There's a little bullet on the end of the plow and it makes a tunnel. And then it it drops poison into the tunnel, so it's down underground, right? The poison, right? Instead right? of being above ground, instead of being above ground, and that makes a tunnel. And then the vol- the moles will find that tunnel and say, "Oh, a free tunnel!" And then use that and eat the poison that's down there, and then die underground. And die underground. Yeah. But otherwise, use a black hole trap. It's a special trap that has a uh, these little you stick it in the ground it has a hole in the top that lights through. They come up and put push try to push it uh, the hole the light closed, and then a, a noose. Traps them and kills them.
0: Right. Okay. So a couple ways they work, there.
1: The black hole traps work well.
0: A couple ways there, Russ. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else we got? I think that's just about it. Uh, this is Aaron. My tomatoes are very slowly turning color. Should I stop watering
1: and fertilizing them? Um, you can stop fertilizing them. But, but don't stop but watering. Don't stop watering, especially through this heat.
0: Okay. that pretty much wraps up our, uh, our time today. Keep watering. Keep going. We got a hot
1: week, hot coming, week up, coming up.
0: Whether yep. it's trees, shrubs, the flowers, the flower yep. bed, the but garden, then, all that but stuff.
1: But then after that, start slowing down.
0: Exactly. Yep. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. We'll be back same time, same place next weekend. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyvendijk. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.